Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Conversation for Our Generation. My name is Nick Jamel, and this is The Conversation for Our Generation, where we are solving the problems of today with the wisdom of the past. And today, we're going to be talking about a great book review for, at least in my opinion, and it's several works by Confucius. And it's The Analects, The Doctrine of the Mean, and The Great Learning. And I'm going to focus on the first two because they're kind of the main body of this. And uh, I like to keep these short for you. So, but these are, I think, very good pieces of wisdom that just about anyone should, not just about, anyone should read. It's not a long read at all. If I could find it over here and show you, actually, it's a rather short book, despite the fact that, you know, it's kind of three books in one. And so it is definitely something that I read early on as I was kind of getting into the conversation for our generation, trying to not just pull from the wisdom of, you know, kind of the Western culture, but look to other areas to see where there is truth, where there is wisdom, because I think that's important. And also in part of what I try to do of finding similarities, finding ways to work together, finding that kind of common ground, there's a lot there that is very, very similar to what you would find in Jewish thought, Greek thought. It's, it's really what C.S. Lewis kind of talks about as the Tao, that idea that there is this moral way of being that every culture seems to recognize. And although they're not always perfect at it, they don't, in fact, no one's ever been perfect at it. There are very, very common things among cultures. And I think that that's a great argument in favor of objective morality. And so that's really part of why I do believe in some of the objective truths, objective morality is that you see all these other cultures, despite what leftists will tell you, having very similar values, despite, you know, being in different parts of the world in different times and not having contact with each other or reading each other's work. And so that's what we're going to dive into today is those books, why I think they're important. And although I told you a lot about why I think they're important, but I also want to remind you that if you're interested in this, definitely go to the show notes, go to the web, go to the Conversation for Generation website and buy it there through me. That helps me out. It's on Prime right now. The book's only $6.89, it looks like, based on the link I have here. So it's not a bad price at all. And I think there's a lot of wisdom packed in there. And definitely go to at Conavargin on Twitter to follow me. Uh, I also have the locals now that I'm building out. So as I get that going, I'll let you know, but it's at Conavargin there as well. If you want to kind of, I'm not sure if you can follow if it's set up fully or not. So as I get that going, I will let you know that as well. And Facebook, obviously, you can find me if you just search Conversation for Our Generation, or if you go to conversationforgeneration.com slash podcast, if you're not already subscribed, if you're just listening to this on the website, head over there after you listen to this and subscribe. Definitely, it's just, I think, a good way to keep up if you're, and I think it's very valuable. I think that there's a lot of good stuff happening here. Got two new interviews that I did this past week that are really, really interesting. That'll be coming out over the next couple of weeks. I got a couple more lined up the next few weeks as well. And I just think there's a lot there for everyone. So definitely check that out. And with that, let's hop over to the quote of the week. And there's actually two quotes on here. uh, But I think this one is a good one. So you have to go into the show notes to find the other quote. I won't tell you, I want to make you go over there and check it out because I think it's a great quote as well. Even though it is one that I do use quite a bit. And so, which is why I think it's a great quote, because I use it a lot. 
And this one says, learning without thought is labor lost. Thought without learning is perilous. And I think that we see these two things in action quite a bit uh, in our culture. It's, there's kind of this sense that I think the STEM side of things does a lot of learning and go, 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 your developers, your engineers, your mathematicians, all these people, I think, do a lot of advancement of technology and learn a lot and create a lot because of that. But there's not a lot of thought behind it as far as moral and ethical thought. We don't ask our ethical questions until after the science has kind of been developed. And then we're like, oh, gosh, now we have to ask whether or not this is right to do to people. <laughs> and it seems like the other side of things is thought without learning is perilous. That's what our academia does. That's what kind of these, you know, Frankfurt School followers, sort of socialist pseudo intellectuals do. And I would say a lot of conservative think tanks sometimes can do as well, is they think a lot, but the, and they may learn facts that, you know, support their narrative, but there's not this broad sense of gaining knowledge, gaining wisdom, trying to find a way to fit that together and see the real find the truth of things. Instead, it's find the facts that help me support my thought. <laughs> and that's also, I think, incredibly unhelpful. And so, and I don't know if that's necessarily what he means by this, but I, I think that those two pitfalls uh, are very evident in our culture. And I think that that's what this made me think of. So definitely, you know, curious to hear what you think. If you're listening to this, you can comment on the blog, you can you know, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, there's definitely a lot more discussion happening there now. So definitely, I recommend you do that as well. <clears throat> but let's dive on in then, because I want to get to it. And so I wanted to in review the doctrine of the mean and the analects because I think that they're just full of amazing wisdom. Like I said, Confucius is on par with the greatest Greek philosophers and how he thinks about things and how he explains things. And having now read more of Plato's work, it reads a lot like that. And I think that that's why I was able to just fly through uh, the symposium and other pieces of Plato's uh, work was because it kind of had this question and answer conversational feel. And it also makes you feel a little better when these people who are disciples of Socrates, of Confucius, of Jesus. Also, there, there's a lot of this in the gospel. Uh, when they ask questions and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, good. Because when he said that, I had no clue what he meant. I'm glad that whoever else was there had the same thing because those, they'll, like, they'll just make this assertion and you're like, wait, what are they talking about? And then they ask the question and then it goes through more of the details of why that assertion is true. And I think that that is incredibly helpful on my part as far as just feeling more, well, feeling less stupid. <laughs> so maybe it's just a pride thing, but it definitely helps me out with understanding as well, which is the important part. And so that I think is not only easy to read, but also, like I said, engaging as well. It just, instead of as much as I love Aristotle and I actually really enjoy the way he writes, it's definitely more engaging in a way to 
have that back and forth to have a conversation happening there. And so for the Analex, this is a readable, relatively short discourse overall, but it still makes up a bulk of the book I just showed you. And it's a discourse on morality, propriety, virtue, how to live in a society. I mean, it's, it's a lot like Plato's Republic meets the, uh, all of that discourse <laughs> in a way. That's what it reads like. And you also have to recognize too that Confucius is a student, was a student of Lao Tzu as well. So he sort of is the, you know, Plato is to Socrates as Confucius was to Lao Tzu. And so that's another thing that you have to recognize is there's this sort of more mystical way that, and kind of ethereal way that Lao Tzu talks sometimes, not always, but I guess he's more like Aristotle is to Plato because he sort of seems to make the ideas that Lao Tzu puts out there much more concrete and categorizable uh, or, and much more categorized. And I think that that's helpful for us Westerners because when I read the Tao Te Ching, I'm a little lost because we don't really think that way generally. It's sort of is this Eastern way of conveying wisdom, which is great. And I think it brings out a lot of beauty and a lot of difference. And it makes me uh, want to look into some of the Eastern rites of the Catholic Church more. But I don't think it necessarily is the way that we are accustomed to learning things. And so this, the Analects, though, does delve into a range of topics. And each one is really focused on kind of making people better. What's the right way to live? How should we, what should we do in these situations? And it, like I said, it has that familiar form of discourse. And so it's also interesting because although Confucius is from China, like I said earlier, his ideas overall are incredibly similar to what we find elsewhere in the West. And I think that that, again, is a way to argue in favor of a universal morality because we all recognize these truths as we go around. And when we do recognize those truths and act by them, good things happen. So it's kind of like, you know, if you're in the scientific method and you say, if you're trying to grow plants and you say, hey, I have a theory that rain and good soil makes plants grow and, and it needs sun, those things make plants grow. And you do try it and it works, you would say, hey, that's true, right? And I think that morality is one of the few places in philosophy where you can kind of put the action into place and see if that's true. And I think it sort of works and it works everywhere despite whichever culture it is. And I think that these ideas express, give a unique perspective because it is a different cultural context. It is a different time and place. And so there's different focal points. There's this sense in here that you'll see that is much more about propriety, about being a good citizen, but also not doing so in this sort of individualist way. It's kind of be part of the group. And you can see that, you know, today between the West and the East, at least China, is, and I think Japan even has this too quite a bit. And maybe even the Koreas, uh, that there's this sort of, although South Korea, I think, and Japan have sort of opened up to more Western ideas, but I'm getting off topic there. The, I think traditionally they've had this 
more cohesive culture, this, you are a part of China, you're, you know, as much as you are an individual, whereas in Greece, in Rome, there was this sense of the sovereign citizen that has their rights and has the right to not be interfered with and is supposed to aspire to be a good citizen. <clears throat> and so despite a lot of the similarities, there are some differences. And I think that it's really interesting to compare this to Aristotle's ethics or, you know, some of Thomas Aquinas's or Augustine's work. And you can kind of see the differences there or, and so regardless, there is tremendous wisdom, I think, for anyone who wants to dive into that. And so what is the doctrine of the mean then? This is something that I've talked about quite a few times, I think, on here. But the mean is this idea that exists, I think, both in the East and the West that has a number of expressions. And it's this idea of the Tao, the way, the, you know, what is the proper way of living a moral and ethical life? And how do you apply that to different given situations? And so different expressions of the doctrine of the mean are, I think, due to the fact that it's hard to pin down, you know, Aristotle in his ethics, Confucius here, Lao Tzu in the Tao Te Ching, obviously others, many Christian writers have, you know, built upon the foundation that Jesus gave us. Definitely the Jews had a lot to say about this as well. It, it really just comes down to how do we act morally and ethically, ethically. And I think that it's really interesting to hear his perspective on this. So I definitely recommend that you check it out and see because it's unique, I think, to the way that we talk about things. It's definitely different than what we find here in the West. And so I think that this is just a great book that really anyone could get a lot of insight out of and learn a lot from. And if you haven't read it and you just know Confucius because he was mentioned in your world history class for like 20 seconds, then I think you really need to dive in and hear what he had to say because he had a lot of great information. And so with that, thanks for checking out this episode. Definitely subscribe to the podcast if you're not already. And if you're there, leave a good rating and review. That stuff just helps us get out there further. Whatever platform you're on, leave that rating. That helps this podcast grow. And if you aren't subscribed, go to conversationbygeneration.com slash podcast and subscribe to anywhere really that podcasts are played or just whatever podcast player you use, search there and find me. I should be there. And if I'm not, tell me on Twitter or my contact page, whatever, <laughs> wherever you can hit me up. And then if you are out there looking to get on other podcasts or have guests, I'm definitely doing more of that. I'm trying to get conversations happening. So let me know uh, if you need a guest or if you want to guest on other people's podcasts because I'm looking for people. So hit me up in on Twitter. My DMs are open. Please nothing crazy. And, or you can hit up my contact page on my blog as well. Conversation of our generation.com slash contact slash contact. I was about to say podcast to start. Um, and so Lastly, follow me on Twitter at ConnorVarGen. You can go to conversation or Facebook.com slash conversation our generation to follow me there. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Conversation for Our Generation and for putting up with me as I just stumbled through all of my places to find me for the last 
couple minutes, it's definitely Friday. And so let's get the dialogue going.